plunger in spirit on the whiskey trail. It's it! It is! Mr. Dundas has appeared, uh, which means it's the start of episode six, Whiskey Unscripted. How are you, Gordon? I'm very well, very well. Not too bad. Looking forward to a few days off at Easter. Pretty good. Yes, I've got a nice Easter shirt on. I hope you... I, I see you've made the, the effort to dress up in the Easter parade. I'm sure that's particularly Easter, but okay. <laughs> now, we can't lie. We have... Um, we've met each other about a half an hour ago. That's right. We recorded uh, Mr... Well, we recorded an interview. So we're going to play that, Gordon, but the interview did last... A little bit of time. Would that be fair? Well, I mean, when you have uh, when you have someone who talks as much as uh, our interviewee, um, then uh, it's not a surprise. But it's not a surprise. So before we go to that interview and we, we, we do what we're drinking during the interview, of course. Gordon, at the start of the... the, the so we've got a lot of things lined up, but we're just going to go straight to the interview. But before that, anything that's caught your eye this week, whether it's whiskey news or whether it's uh, just in the wider worlds of... The drinks industry. Um, no, I mean, I you know, I, I, I haven't, I haven't really. If I'm honest, there's not been that much. There's always no. some new releases and things like that. But I mean, I think, you know, there's, 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 there's good news, sort of generally everywhere in the whiskey industry. You know, I think as an industry, we're doing okay. Um, you know, tariffs coming off is good. Um, Brexit doesn't particularly affect us as much as maybe one or two other industries but i believe that's all getting a bit better as well so um and and look in the uk we're lucky i think we're relatively lucky covid has is really quite low at the moment compared to europe unfortunately so yeah there's nothing that particularly has um has caught my eye if i'm honest but uh let's just hope things keep going in the right direction on the, the whiskey front, for those that were lucky enough to catch us on Facebook and YouTube with a great tasting oh. on on last Friday, um, we we're now recording this in the Easter weekend here in the 1st, 2nd, 3rd of April 2021, that was last week, 26th of March. We great, great fun, Gordon. Oh, fabulous, fabulous, great tasting. We had Lauren and we had Blair on from the distillery, we had you and me, and we had, we tasted the 12... We tasted the uh, new Legacy series, and my God, the final whiskey was a Madeira cask, uh, a hogshead finished or seasoned with Madeira, fully matured for 13 odd years, something like yeah. that. And oh, I've still that got was. a sample of it, absolutely sensational. And there was only 250 bottles, I think they've all sold out. Um, so, uh, sold out in about couple of days so yeah yeah, yeah i think really, really do you cool. think that's a difference um just as a wider point in the world of whiskey before we get into talking to Stuart henry um we hear a lot about finishing and people say about finishing this and finishing that and it's great of course but you've just said this was 13 years mm. in a madeira yeah. cast this was not finished for six months or no, finished no. for yeah, yeah, no i mean i think this was I an think... amazing uh, style yeah, I mean, I think most people, you know, that if you if you if you mention port casks in the world of whiskey, or you mention Madeira casks, or even rum casks, or things like that, people would immediately think that's oh, going to be or Pedro Jimenez. They immediately think it's going to be finished. They immediately think this is going to be bourbon initially, probably, or a refill, you know, sherry or something like that, finished to give you the influence of Madeira. But even in that or, or port or whatever. 
when you fully mature, the whole dial changes a little bit, and you 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 get the influence of the oak, you get the influence of the Madeira over that time, and you get so so. I mean, it, it's just a totally different way of making, effectively making whiskey, tying up casks for a longer period of time, uh, and it's something we tend to do at Glengoyne uh, and Tamdu in terms of maturing full term, um, and we don't really see any real urge to change that, although. We have finished one of our whiskies, a Pedro Jimenez, uh, for Travel Retail, which won a massive global award. So we can do finishing as well. But, you know, finishing is great if you're doing it for the right reasons. And that would be my, and there's no, there's no definition on finishing. I think we've talked on this before, but you can have a 30-year-old whiskey that's matured for three and a half years in a bourbon cask and finished for 26 and a half years in a sherry cask. Yeah. It doesn't really make sense, but you can do that. Yeah, it's amazing. I love to, to get all that. And um, I had, I'm going to put this section to the next episode, which was Ask Dundas, which I've just kind of shortened down to Dundask, which I think might be a TV show for you, Gordon, in the future. Okay. Uh, I've got two or three questions there. I'm going to hold them back. And if okay. anyone's listening or watching on YouTube or listening on Spotify or iTunes, go to the Facebook page or go to Instagram. Give us a question or two about just what you've said there. Yeah. You can finish for as long or as short as you want. Any questions about the world of whiskey, we'd love to uh, throw them to God. Sure. Some fun ones. Absolutely. So I'm going to take that part of that. Now, on to the main uh, events. This was, it came in the back of the World Whiskey Awards, Gordon. Could you just explain, run by the Whiskey Magazine? Is that yes. correct? Yeah. So, so I mean, basically they have two sets of awards. They have the icons of whiskey, which celebrate people and place so they sell you know they sort of celebrate retailers and distilleries and distillery managers and brands and things like that and then there's the world whiskies awards which are about the liquids um so the, the way that they run them is they run them from so, so they'll do a scotland section um which covers everybody within scotland rest of the world covers all the other places which don't particularly focus so us would be a focus area so they have the us awards they have um, I think they have the there's China Awards. They have Australia, I think, Canada, Ireland. These are the main producing areas. So they have their dedicated awards. And the winners of each of these awards go up against each other in the Global Award. And our, our colleague, Stuart, has not just picked up the Global Gong. He's, you know, he's an icon. Well, what I should have, um, I never mentioned in this interview coming up, but really when you think about all the years he's been there and all the numbers of people been through that door, you are looking really into the millions over the space of 20 years. If you're averaging between 50 and 70,000 a year, yeah, roughly. Yeah. So yeah, uh, Unbelievable. And, and Stuart, is, you know, he'll tell you, he's been there so long. He, he gets it right to the core. And, he, he, and the other thing which he's brilliant at, is building teams, which is really, really important. So um, he's a he's a, a fantastic thing to listen to. Absolutely great. Here we go. Take it away, Stuart Henry. And Stuart has triumphed as the global um, brand home manager. So congratulations. And um, all I can simply say yes. is, yeah, is when you go to Glengoyne and you see how, and we hope that will be very soon, and you see the experience that has been built by Stuart and his team it's totally deserved. Well, th thank you. There's a, a few things to say in that, if I may. Uh, firstly, those of you watching YouTube will quickly work out that it is the beautiful distillery which is attracting people there and, and, <laughs> and very much not me. Uh, and no, I mean, I, I'm joking, joking aside, I mean, I've, I've been at Glengoyne for 
way over 20 years now. It's been a while. And it's a stunning place. I mean, right now I'm sitting at home. I'm seven miles from there. Uh, I'm I'm being denied access to the work because I'm not, frankly, an essential worker. And I think I agree with that, to be fair. Uh, but I cannot wait to go back there. On a day like today, there's a blue sky, the sun splitting the sky. It's one of these chilly Easter mornings, but just beautiful weather. If you were to rock up at Glengoyne, you'll see, you'll see Ben Lomond in the distance sitting there, sparkling away. And then you come into Glengoyne, you, you, you enjoy yourself there, and you sit and have a little dram of the good stuff looking out over the little loch and, and waterfall at the back. Mm. And actually, we're, you know, we're counting down to that happening again. We're going to be resuming in a, in a, in a sort of slightly restricted way uh, come mm-hmm. uh, May. Uh, and, uh, and then once we get back into June, we hope things will open up further, and it's, it's one step at a time. But, you know, the, the, the reason that, uh, the only reason anyone win any awards for Glengoyne was a couple of them. One's the, it's about people and it's about the place uh, and it's about processes. And I think, yeah. I think like you two, we would have to agree that whiskey is in Scotland. We've got a saying that whiskey is showbiz for ugly people, and the three of us fit that bill. <laughs> <laughs> so there's an answer you didn't think you're going to get. Oh, brilliant. I think, there's, I think there's, and just to sum that up, Stuart, I think there's a reason why people still seem to prefer to w- listen to this than watch it. Well, uh, yes, and I, I'm, I'm, yes, I'm with them. I mean, it's been <laughs> pleasant seeing you both over, over, over Zoom this morning. Mm-hmm. But, uh, no, I mean... I, I, Can I just I, come in there, Stuart, very quickly? I know you're going to say, you just mentioned it. You've been here 20 years, if not slightly over 20 years. A, when it comes to Glengoyne, are you the longest-serving person there? B... What changes when you arrived as a young, fresh-faced, uh, full of the joys, dark hair down to the shoulders? What 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 changes have you seen since your appearance now? And finally, can we ask what are you drinking before we even get into all this conversation? Yes, yes, yes. We start with what we're drinking. We're going to drink first. In reverse order. <laughs> well, uh, well, this is this is what I'm drinking is kind of woven into the story of what we've been how have we what have we done over the last 20 years or so because there there, there, there was a wee spell during that time uh, in the uh, early 2000s i would say uh, between uh, about well, let's think 2000 and valerie who runs this program will, will be will be shouting at our uh, <laughs> down at the, the the i was going to say radio the, the the speaker when she hears this i can't remember the exact start date but there was a spell of about eight or nine years where we allowed people to choose a cask, fill the cask, uh, and sit patiently while it matured. And then and then we'd bottle the cask and people could could take it away. And if you think about you guys you know your 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 sizes, etc. Uh, if you get a hogshead, you know, you're gonna fill it with about 250 litres. You then some of that, some of the spirit will 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 disappear. Uh, and depending whether you Depending whether you you, you you water it down or do like we've done and, and release it at cast strength, you know you'll get you'll end up with a with a good couple hundred bottles comfortably after ten years or so in a from a from a hoggy. So for me that's quite, I mean I'm I'm a super heavy consumer, but that's quite a lot of whiskey for one chap to drink. <laughs> so what we did was we chipped in with some with some with some fantastic people actually. We gave, I think there was I think there was seven of us, and there was some great friends uh, that, that that kind of work with whiskey overseas. Uh, so there's people like uh, like Marius Vesnus, uh, mm. Richard uh, Keller, and uh, 
a oh my, my, my brain's going really well. Uh, the third one would uh, oh he's going to shoot me for forgetting him. Uh, and so oh. there, 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 there are some of our sort of uh, uh, chums in the in the industry, but overseas. Uh, to, and uh, there's also some good friends at at work that have that have that have chipped in, and and also Robbie Hughes. So there's seven, <laughs> there's seven of us there, uh, and and what we did was we we selected a a, a ruby port hogshead, yeah. and we and we did that because we absolutely adore Glen Goyne and the sherry casks, and 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 it's such it's so great that we, we that we stuck that signature style since eighteen oat cake or whatever, but we just thought well why not try something a wee bit different? So this is a an, a, a ruby port hogshead that was. It was distilled on the 25th of March 2009, bottled in November of last year. Uh, there was 277 bottles, of which we get one-seventh, and this is bottle number number 16, and I'm going to... Oh, he's opened it! I think, I think what a way to start the morning uh, than with our own kind of... Absolutely. Of that's a screenshot right there. That's, that's wonderful. I mean, people salivating listening to that, Gordon. What do you think? Uh, fantastic. Then, yeah, typically that's a very Glengoyne sort of story as well. It's exactly the sort of family-run business that we are, and epitomizes the the sort of people element that's, that Stuart said. So, no, I completely agree with that. That sounds amazing. And having had a fully matured import uh, cask uh, as one of our casks unlocked last year, absolutely fabulous. Those. It's one of the questions we get a lot, Stuart. When I was a tour guide, the first question was, how on earth did you get the job? Who gave you it? You know, with the, with the drinking, um, it was Stuart, by the way. And the second yes, question, <laughs> the second question was, uh, can we get your own cask filled? It's so, it must have been so popular, Stuart. So many people uh, would love that privilege, but it's no longer available. And, and that's right. We should say that before the phone starts ringing off the hook. Uh, we did, we did stop doing it, and the reasons for that were, were, were just, it, it was almost like you're a victim of your of your own success, and at the same time. Well, when we started doing it back in, the, let's say, 2005 or six or something like that, the the sales of Glengoyne around the world weren't nearly as, as strong as they are today. Uh, and uh, the, 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 the income that, that Glengoyne put into the, the, the profit that Glengoyne would put into the, the company wasn't wasn't to be honest as a result of that wasn't as, as strong as it was today. And it was actually a good, really good way of, of, of bringing in some money and that, that that's the cold hard facts, but but much more importantly, creating sort of long term sort of brand advocates, if you like, you know the people around the world that that, that have a cask and they're maybe and it's maybe seven years old and they they've been to visit it every year. We would hold birthday parties for them, and we would draw samples every year. And at the end, when it's bottled, you get presented with a living library of year one, year two, year three, year wow. four. For so, so for people that are really interested in whiskey, it was a great way to to not only have a whiskey but to to have a a, a living version of it to see how it's changed from year one to year two to year three and a, a lot of the people that we that we that we worked with in doing this found found that kind of journey aspect of it really kind of fascinating but uh so, so we so it was it was terrific fun but i think what stopped it was partly that that we started we started to need almost everything we could make 
uh, because it was becoming more and more popular out, out <laughs> around the world. Uh, and also, we were starting to really annoy the warehousing team because there became so many of them. And they would, you know, would say, oh, you know, uh, Gareth, Gareth from Manchester was visiting his cask and Klaus from Germany tomorrow. And can you go and find them in the warehouse? Do you remember where you put them again? And you might have to move some to allow access. And we're going to draw a sample for them and they're going to be there. And so it, yeah. it's okay. quite a... You know, and when you do that over five dozen casks is one thing, but you do that over five, six, seven hundred casks, mm-hmm. it starts to it starts to become quite a yeah. logistical challenge, yeah, I guess. Yeah, and yeah. I'm just lucky enough that I managed to get a share in a in a in a couple of casks. It was beautiful, still maturing. So beautiful. What are you drinking, Mister Dallas? Well, uh, very good question. I, I had poured myself, known sure it was on a Glengoyne 18, but because it's Easter, and we're getting to spring, I have commissioned our good friend Mikey Sim, Michael Sim, to come on and take me through a cocktail connected to Easter. And the clue is it's got an egg in it. So we're going to be doing some cocktails. And in anticipation of that, I bought myself a a, a bourbon. Uh, Not too expensive, because I'm not a great cocktail expert, so I thought I didn't want to to risk some great single malt. But it's a lovely rye whiskey. You know it, Gordon? Bullet? Yeah, that uh, that's that's a bourbon. It's not a rye. Sorry, a rye. Sorry, a rye whiskey. No, that's yeah. a bourbon. <laughs> Sorry, a bit spicy rye whiskey. I have had it. I have researched it. So, um, there, there's what I know about um, whiskey well, in North America. I, I, if you hold the bottle up, I can see you've researched it. <laughs> so, I've been practicing, so I didn't want something, you know, single malt to practice my cocktails. And that'll so, work very well with what you're going to do with Mikey. Right. I'm drinking something that I was made aware of and got um, is a Berry Brothers and Rudd, uh, which is a great name. Some very, two very good friends of mine, probably all of ours. Um, we have uh, Doug McIver and Ronnie Cox on here. Okay. Uh, anything that, that has their name on it is going to be great. This is a blended malt matured in sherry casks, no age. 44.2%, absolutely gorgeous, and a great example of great blended malt whiskey, and it was not too expensive either. So, fabulous whiskey. I'm loving it. So, there we wow. are. Well, can I just get back? Well, I've got a whiskey in hands. That questions, those questions about, just about the, the award you won there, the Global um, Visits Manager, Stuart. We sometimes have in the past an insider's guide. What is the insider's guide to being? Uh, a, a, a distillery visits manager. What There's do you need reason. to do? What, what happens? Could you explain to people what the job entails? It's a, it's a really tough recipe for, 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 for doing it well, I think, and that is find an absolutely stunning distillery with, with, with we talked just a little bit earlier, and I'm going to say the same thing again because it's genuinely true. I mean, who, who among us isn't genuinely proud of the way that the, the, the whiskey's made at Glengoyne or, or, or indeed other distilleries? And mm. none of us will say we have the best process, our processes are better than other people's. But I, but I genuinely believe yeah. that statement we use, which is that no one takes more more time nor, nor care. People will make it differently and people will do different things at different parts of the process. Yeah. But we it's so well considered and it stayed true to its roots for all these years. And... And in, in, and if this is a style of whiskey you like, you won't you you know you won't find a better you won't find a better one. So there's a so that's one thing a real sense of having something that people believe in. So you 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 know you you guys believe in it as 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 much as I do. And and all the people that we recruit uh, as our 
as our dist distillery ambassadors. Some of them are come to, as students. Some of them have had really interesting careers elsewhere and have taken maybe early retirement and still come and work another 20 years with us or, or whatever. Mm. We've got real longevity in the team. So that's the second element. The first bit's being proud of the process and then that flows through everyone. I, I don't have to say to people, could you pretend you like it or... Could you could you big up the process or something? You just have to say, look, come in every day, tell the truth about what we do, show off this great process and, and these amazing surroundings. Yeah. I mean, this is it's a beautiful part of the world, and we're near and we're near the cities of Glasgow and to an extent Edinburgh, rather than being away up in the sort of northern tip somewhere. So, to be honest with you, it's kind of like you have to try and keep the visitors away sometimes because everyone wants to come and share in this. In this kind of splendor, and that that'll be one of the issues when we when we reopen that there'll only be so many kind of slots available just through this sort of social distancing, etc. Well, yeah. it's interesting. I should, Gordon. Sorry, Gordon. Before you jump in there, Stuart, uh, for people on YouTube, I'm holding up Exhibit A, um, which you won't make much of. You can see it's a graph there, and I got this from a box of some Glengoyne memorabilia, and it's from 1986, Stuart. And before we come on to speak to you, this is visit numbers. And this is what I was trying to get at its very peak in July with 5,292. And Gordon, we tried to calculate the year of 1986. What did you come to? Somewhere about a total of about between 20 and 25,000 visitors were in going, passing through Glen going back in 1986, which I still think is a fairly good number in terms of, if you think of where single malt was back then or whiskey in terms of where it is now, I mean, that's still not, I mean, it's not a bad number uh, yeah. at all. And there but was I only think... one tour. That's the one thing I wanted to bring to Stuart. There was only one tour. You turned up, you get round and you get, you, you get sent away again. Uh -huh. But that's not the case now, number wise or number of tours. So could you explain what is an offer and why you decided to put these offers on? Well, again, so a lot of what's an offer comes back to being just being proud of the process, and 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 if you've got if you're if you really kind of believe in what you do, because this is sound like a real a real advert. I do apologise because I know your your show your show's not really meant to be like that. But oh, we'll bring it down. Don't worry, I'm going to bring it down soon. Don't worry. Do you know when you when you when you've got when you've got these processes you're proud of, you kind of want to shine a light in them because you go, okay, we go let. Why don't we, so a number of years ago now, we set out to say, well, why don't we try and go into as, as much depth as we can and kind of share as much as we can? So there's, there's sort of no secrets. We're very much a kind of open book. And people started to react to that. And there's a, there's a couple of things that I really like. Uh, I'm really pleased with uh, something called the, 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 the Malt Master Experience. And that is, as you well know, you, you come along, you have, a, you have a lovely tour, you have possibly too many whiskies. Uh, and you, uh, you it involves analysing. Uh, you sit down for a tasting of, of five different single casks, and so they'll be they'll be representative of, of our of our style. So there's a there's a refill cask, there's a there's a first for bourbon cask, uh, there's a, a a couple of different European oak first fill sherry casks, and a first fill American oak sherry cask. You know that's also previously held sherry, and. The, the range of styles and colours is, as, as, as you well know, quite kind of breathtaking. And it's a great way of, of, of getting people's minds focused and saying, well, this is like a, a, a sort of maturation tutorial, I guess, because this is what this is why European oak does this. It's because of the way that they that they treat the wood. You want it, you, if you want the kind of depth and, and the, the reasons why the flavours come, you know, we'll, we'll share that with you. And we'll tell you why 
the two European oak casts that have been made by the same cooper and sat in the same part of the warehouse and from the trees from the same oak species from the same forest. We'll tell you why that whiskey is different as well. You know, there's reasons for all this. And people like hearing that. So so you do this sort of analysis thing and then probably even more fun, we then say, right, you're no longer the head warehouseman. You're going to become John Glass, the the the, the, the almost legendary uh, Glengoyne uh, malt master, whose role it is to, to kind of knock our whiskies together on a, on a daily basis by combining the casts in the right way. And and we're going to shine a light on what John does with you, and we're going to let you be the effectively the, 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 the blender of your own single malt by combining these quantities to get these together in different quantities and we use some scientific equipment and so it gets quite fun and people like kind of making stuff and that sort of stuff but in the end they've created an utterly unique Glengoyne there'll be no there'll be none unless we'll get fantastic measuring equipment and go down to the kind of milli milli litre there'll be none there'll be no two that are ever made the same in any one year because of different quantities it's really funny you've got people who really take it really really seriously and there's others who are a bit like Beaker from the Muppets and uh much more, just a bit more laissez-faire and whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. When you watch people do it, it's really funny how different styles they do. I quite like the beaker approach. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's that's great fun. And another thing, uh, one thing that we really that I really love as well. Uh, I can embarrass my uh, colleague here, uh, Mr. Mr. Gordon Dallas, uh, who has created us a, 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 a Glengoyne sort of storytelling experience, and that that's a, another reason that that there's a sort of quite a rich tapestry to our mm. our history, but with a common sort of thread running through it, mm. uh, and uh, and Gordon charts the story of the the five different families that have owned the distillery since. Well, from from actually from before eighteen thirty three, because he talks about the, the 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 illicit days with 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 some uh, zeal. Actually, I think he'd love to be back in those days, smuggling whiskey to his heart's content, wouldn't he? I'll, I'll, I'll get Spielberg. That. The scripts with Spielberg. I would love to be doing that myself up the hill, dressed as the urchins, looking oh. out for the excise men. <laughs> um, and if anybody didn't see, obviously, you know, I'm I'm surrounded by a global icon and a TV star. Um, <laughs> He was on ITV not two months ago talking about this. So, uh, yeah. It's, it's actually good of us to spend time with you, Gordon. When you think about it, <laughs> I feel very honoured, if I'm yeah, honest. Global yeah. icon, TV's so, so, so I love that. And it's, it's basically five chapters of the book, each one brought to life by his nibs there. Uh, and delivered, I mean, uh, d- delivered by, by Gordon as a wonderful experience. But also, he's then, he's then kind of gone through and... Uh, helped his his colleagues develop the sort of madcap presentational style that, that that helps tell the story well. And there's some props and there's some dressing up along the way. There's some great whiskies along the way. And and each chapter, Gordon selected a whiskey that represents that particular bit of the story. You know, so how, what would it what would it been like when the when the Lang brothers first arrived? Which I think would probably be chapter three. Uh, yes. And, yes. Uh, and then they introduced the sherry cast and explained where, where, they, where those came from. And there's, I, I won't go into to all of that. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you won't pay your money and come and do it. But uh, uh, that is a that's a tremendous experience. And I think so. For me, one of them is a kind of deep dive into into real science behind. Well, this part of the science and part of the kind of alchemy of of of. Uh, of maturation and then the the unseen thing about what happens beside the scenes with john's job so that's that's yeah. really good and then the other side of the coin is this is this amazing kind of entertainment show which i which every, 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 i've obviously 
seen it a few times and mm. I, I just love it every time it's just storytelling is kind of what we're about really i think so absolutely absolutely no i couldn't agree more and i think the the way we do things at glengoyne and the way we've even done things online has been great uh, in terms of pivoting and being able to provide that still that experience to people who are sitting in front of a computer um Stuart, I've got one couple of other things I want to ask you. Obviously, you are our, you're in charge of all of our brand homes, if we're honest. So you are, you're in charge of Edinburgh Gin, is, which I believe is a, I don't know what gin is, but it's a product that um, <laughs> mixed with tonic or something like that. I'm not uh, sure. Another podcast. It's, this is Whiskey Unscripted. That's another podcast, obviously. Um, and also Rosebank, which, of course, we are building back uh, up from, you know, building a new distillery on the existing site. These present different challenges, I guess, to you as a as a brand homes visitor, sort of focused type person. In terms of, you know, these are these are in different locations, don't very different to Glengoyne, and and you're starting from scratch a little bit as well. Well, yeah, and I'm going to come back to the if if what we do is storytelling, what an amazing story we've got to tell through there. So yeah. that's a, that's your starting point, and then you think, yeah. well, how do I tell that story, and who do I need to help tell the story, and and how much more depth can I understand about the story? And it's basically there's a, there's a kind of couple of stories there as you as you as you well know, and briefly, you know, one of them is about this this revival and about the you know the the the, the Russell family and their and their part in through 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 Peter's long term vision and through and through Leonard and, and ultimately through through Tom as well, who've all been to multiple times to Rosebank to to sort of keep an eye mm-hmm. on things. Uh, but so there's a story about about bringing back a, an iconic distillery uh, that was, as you know, uh, mothballed in uh, in nineteen ninety three. Uh, and then the, the the interesting, you know, what why are we we're having to replace all the kit because uh, some of it just sort of perished a little bit in terms of the sort of wooden washbacks, etc. You know, you would end up with them leaking. Uh, but but when it comes to uh, the stills, the stills were stolen uh, by the by the by the security guard. Uh, and uh, so no, there's a there's a there's a really interesting story about about how we bring this back to life. But then, probably even even more interesting for me and and you you guys are whiskey aficionados. But we've got this unusual mix of triple distillation and and these lovely three external uh, worm tubs, and mm-hmm. and you know working out what that does. Uh, there's a there's a there's a lightness to the spirit potentially. You know from the from the triple distillation, uh, and then and then we take that spirit and run it through tubs. And I think Gordon, you'll you'll know. Is that the only setup in Scotland that? The only distillery that, that combines those two aspects of distilling. It certainly, I can't think of another one that does that. I think I know distilleries that use triple distillation. I know distilleries that use worm tubs, but the combination of the two, I genuinely don't think there is. And that obviously is probably, and I can't think of another time in the whole industry maybe when there was anybody doing that. But clearly, one of the reasons why Rosebank was such a legendary style. Um, and it's got its challenges uh, because uh, just because you're starting from scratch and because uh, mm-hmm. so we were lucky enough, as you know, uh, very good relationship uh, with 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 I think probably all of the industry, but but Diageo being a good case in point, and, and we're able to we're able to come to an arrangement with Diageo that, that allowed mm-hmm. us to to a call the uh, distillery by the name of Rosebank uh, and b uh, get some 
get some fantastic stock from them. And you've tasted some of it. I mean, it's breathtaking. Yeah. And we've got so we've got amazing whiskey from, which is probably unlike any other whiskey in Scotland because of the way it's made. Really unique stuff. And we've got great whiskey from ninety from sorry from eighty nine I think through to about ninety three. Would that would that be correct? Do you think? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, exactly. And then we'll start distilling. Uh, so so we've actually we've actually released a thirty year old now. And that 30 year old was made, well, funnily enough, 30 years ago. There it is there. There it is. So so we we wow. there'll be a, there'll be an Ian McLeod distilled version of that available in about 32 years. So there's uh, a kind of yeah, a 60 true. year span between that one being distilled that gorgeous wow. is, and between our one being being actually mature when you, yeah. when you think of yeah. that. And and that that's a for me that's a really good sort of image or a really good sort of summary about about the challenges round about round about rosebank but also mm. the fun round about it as well you know yeah no absolutely it's it's it, and just you know you know what to be in any way involved with it in any sort of small way is just a, a real privilege i think and one more thing just to touch on is we do get asked a bit about this and i sort of know the answer but i'm going to ask you obviously is a lot of people talk about tamdu uh, let's not leave tamdu out there people like to go to tamdu Obviously, no visitor yeah. centre currently, but uh, and it's only open really a couple of days during the festival, Spirit of Speyside Whiskey Festival, which unfortunately has gone online this year, but hopefully we'll be back next year. Um, uh, no immediate plans, I don't think, to really open a visitor centre there currently. Would that be right? No, no, no immediate. The word immediate, yeah, no immediate plans. Uh, yeah. Not the sort of thing that you would rule out in the in the in the longer term. I mean, it's. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's again. It's another. It's another real, real kind of jewel in the in the sort of uh, fire family's crown, if you like. Uh, yeah. What an amazing place! And in a way, you know, the fact that it's really hard to get there, and the fact mm. that it's only open for sort of special occasions, is almost is almost part of the the the, the great thing about it. We have other yeah. distilleries which will which will be which will have lots of visitors to them, and and and, and rightly so. Mm. And and part of it. Part of it is, you know, partly it's nice just to have something that's kind of up your up your sleeve a wee bit. And mm-hmm. you know, when people do go there, the real wow about Tam do again. Always, I keep talking about people, you know, but I mean, for albeit that they're still slightly feral up there, people like people like Sandy. I mean, <laughs> amazing, passionate. <laughs> Sandy's going to kick me next time he sees me. I did that deliberately, but uh, no, I mean, they're they're just died in the wool whiskey uh, enthusiasts yeah. Yeah. that are running a, an amazingly built distillery that back in Victorian times was the the shiny example of the latest technology in the industry and the, the, the mighty spray, spray flows through it and I mean it's just a what a place oh, it's to be. stunning. It is and, amazing. And the people that are lucky enough to get there maybe during the festival or maybe it may be you, know, you, you, you might find it'll be something like we'll open it Another couple of times a year, apart from the festival, it might end up being something like that. There's, there's yeah. not going to be a hundred thousand visitors swamping the place. And I think also we've got to remember, Tamdu's a relatively, still a, a relatively unknown single malt brand, and and the people that do know it, and the people that buy it and drink it, and you really can't. We sell pretty much everything we have of Tamdu at the moment. Uh, really, are onto our winner because it's a fantastic dram for sure. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Can I make a couple of observations? And I, I, I want to ask you if it'd help you out. So I've got some fantastic challenge uh, uh, up my sleeve, but mm. as an observation, you haven't got any sleeves. 
Gordon, we're part of what's called an ambassadorial team. And before that department existed, you're looking at the man or we're speaking to the man who basically did different things. Would that be fair to say that you had about three, if not four different jobs in the past? You were travelling across the, the world a little bit doing um, presentations and you were being the visits manager and you were being the face of Glen Goyne to many extent. Is that, and that's why you're only 30 year old, but look, maybe nearer 50. I mean, I'm... <laughs> Gosh, where do you start with that? I mean, firstly, to be mentioned in the same breath as 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 as, as this ambassador here in terms of in terms of travelling, I am to Gordon what I am as a cyclist to Bradley Wiggins. So I do technically cycle, <laughs> but you know, you so I used to be they used to they used to use me and indeed abuse me, Gordon. I I would spend I would I I, I, I love that part of the job. It was only it was perhaps two three weeks a year. It was just really dabbling and enough for it just to be like well-paid holidays to be honest with you and then you get to meet these amazing people you go you could spend a week traveling around sweden and go and visit all the all the whiskey clubs and societies you know you, you're driving down a road you've never been on before you've got great company in the car because one of our, the, the one of our, our, our the great people from our import team is going to be there they're always really interesting people you turn up a little town in the middle of the woods and actually there's a village hall full of people to listen to yours truly speaking about whiskey uh, they would listen to to be honest, a, a chimpanzee speak about whiskey. I think. I think they're just mad for whiskey. But and it's it's partly to do with the way the market's set up and, and and the fact that we can't advertise in the same way that you normally would. So you're quite happy to go over and spread the word in, in person. And I think if you're a if you're a whiskey fan in Sweden, you're in a pretty good place. To be honest with you. Uh, so I did a bit, a wee bit of that, and then it then it turned into going to America a bit more, and that was great because going to America is like being in a big. Hollywood movie or cartoon all the time if you're a Scotsman, you know, it's kind of all windswept and interesting and again meeting some tremendous people, some real whiskey fans and travelling about. So no, I, I it was a hugely enjoyable thing that I did, but it was only ever for like let's say three weeks a year when I did it all up. It was nothing like Yeah. But it's how the industry's grown up now, Gordon's lots more People yeah. doing that job that Stuart used to. And on that, the reason I asked that was and on that a collegiate all working together. Would you like to help Gordon Dundas out in this week's challenge? All right. Give that a go. Thank you. Yes. Uh, right. Okay. Here we go. No this idea is the what's finale. coming. Stuart. No idea. No, no, it's no idea. Uh, give a wee gap for those playing at home. Here we go. The Whiskey Unscripted Easter Challenge. Now, I've got the question. Could you guys come up with the answer? And give a little pause. So if you want to play at home. So the answer is 2.81 times. What's the question? Lay at home. Oh, Chaps, you can I, confer. I, I think I know the answer to this, Stuart. Are these all on a whiskey theme? Just to Yes, yeah, it's, it's whiskey unscripted, yeah. Well, okay. what were you thinking? Oh, I, don't, I was trying to think of your personal life, Gordon, and where that <laughs> figure would fit in. Uh, and I could go down a few different roads. No, uh, I think whiskey. I know the answer oh, to this, Stuart. I'll take a drink for that. I'll, I'll, you you go for it, Gordon. I'm, I think what he is talking about there is the distillation of Mortlach. You are absolutely correct. It's two point eight one times. Um, Gordon, you could explain that one. Could you? Um, no, I can't because actually, um, I remember when Mortlach was relaunched about five, six, seven years ago. Georgie Bell was the global ambassador for it, and I was sitting in a class in. Whiskey Live Shanghai, something like that. And Georgie was there. She put up a diagram 
of how 2.81 times distillation looked, and I was, I, <laughs> I couldn't follow it. I was like, I don't, don't, and she talked us through it, and I sort of vaguely got it, and then I couldn't remember. So I cannot talk you through how 2.81 okay. distillation, all I know is it is Mortlach's distillation regime. It's not twice, it's not three times, it's 2.81. And I'm glad you mentioned that, Stuart, about Rosebank. So that's interesting. Double at Glengoyne, triple at uh, Rosebank. But there's yeah. Mortlach. Number two, confer and play at home. The answer is Ardnaho. What's the question? Well, it could be a lot of different things, but... Yeah. Think, Stuart? Ardnaho. I mean... It's probably not or... going to be where is there a distillery, is it? Um, I, 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 it's going to be a little bit more nuanced than that, maybe. I think it yeah. might be either. What is um, uh, Hunter Lane's new distillery called? It could be what is the latest distillery on Isla called? Ding, 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 <laughs> ding. That's right. <laughs> that is the question. Well done. Question. Briefly, I'm so, I'm, I must put a, a, a good advert in for them here. Anyone that's that, that's planning on going to Isla, you absolutely have to go and see Ardnaho. It's a terrific visit. Is it? Oh, I really, oh. really highly recommend it. Lovely people, beautifully designed, amazing view. They're, you know, the whiskey's young, so you'll be properly judging it when it's got a, an aged portfolio, yeah. but but the, the processes look fantastic. And, and brilliant. worm tubs. And worm tubs, yes. I stroked a worm tubs when I was there. I did that. Did you? I did. This is exactly what I look for some chat about the answers. I can't, you know, as a quiz master, you can't get better. It's two each with the Dundas and Henry uh, dream team. Uh, here we go. Question three. There's only five of these. Question three. Uh, here's the answer. The answer is Brackla, Glenuri, and Loch Nagar. It's got to be Royal Brackler, Royal Loch Nagar, Royal. So, so they, they have the ability. Ding, ding. Yes, that's a nice easy one. That's the easy one. And that's, well, three down, three in the bag. Mate, Gordon, you're, you're doing well for us. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> uh, here's, here's the answer. The answer, play at home. What's the question? Bladnoch. Bladnoch is the answer. But what is the question in Whiskey Unscripted, Season 3, Episode 6? Most southerly in Scotland. I would ding, 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 is that. the correct answer. The yeah. most southerly. Uh, any been, anyone been? I have been to Bladnock. I was in Bladnock probably in about 2007. When it was owned by a gentleman called Raymond Armstrong, who was from Northern Ireland. And um, oh, uh, it's now owned by an Australian. It's been reinvented a little bit. But there's something funny about the story of when Raymond bought it and it was like the inability to distill or something. There was a, there he bought it with a, you know, they couldn't produce at it for a certain amount of time, but he managed to overturn that or something like that. I can't remember the full story, but yeah, it's been yep. recently bought by an Australian entrepreneur. Sure. Nice place. Sorry. It's a nice place. Is it a nice place? You oh, said sorry. you've been. I thought you said next place. I thought I was asking the questions now. It, no. it, it, yes, it is a very. It would have been a similar sort of year that I went. We were there the same day, Gordon, and didn't didn't bump into <laughs> each other. Uh, it's, it's lovely that you've lost swathes of of, of Northern Irish uh, subscribers to the podcast with your <laughs> terrible uh, impression. <laughs> yeah. Get the last two, by the way. The last two. I'm not giving no clues away because it's a full house. So. Uh, for those listening, Rassi, Ardnamurchan, Dornach, and McNeen. 
That's well, the answer. What's the question out there? Please confer. Let's hear your thoughts. Rassi, Ardnamurkin, Dornach and Nicknean. I think within the last six months or so have all released their first whiskey. I would say, but that might not be right. I know Arne Merkin did last year. Nick Neen have launched their first whiskey. Dornick have launched, I think they've launched a whiskey. I'm not 100%. Maybe they haven't, actually. And, um... Yeah, uh, are you going to confer? Are you going to back them up? Or? Uh, <laughs> I, 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 know, I know of two of the releases, but that, so... I, I suspect he's probably right. He's pretty. Yes, good. right. Correct answer. They uh, produced whiskey in 2020, not new spirits. So after three years, they're now producing whiskey. And the last question, I'll be, I will personally both give you wonderful uh, drams if you get this one right. Here we go. The most difficult one, saved for last: Longmorn, Bonus, Hazelburn. That's the answer. But what's the question? Is it, is it Campbelltown related in any way? Or? Uh, not with nope. Longmorn, I don't think. No. Um, and Hazelburn is triple distilled and made for only about two weeks of a year. Longmorn, I don't know enough about. What was the third one? Yes. Bonet. Take that one. I don't think it's even that close distillery now. I do apologise for those Bonessians, but. Um, this is a very tricky one, but you've done so well. I was going to give you a clue, uh, but I've decided not to. So, I'll give us a clue. Come on. Okay. Longmorn, Bones, Hazelburn. The clue is 1919. Uh, I it must be when they were founded or something. I'm not sure. I, this really, is don't our... I really don't know. Okay. Sure. No. My, sec my second clue for this one, and hopefully people will be shouting at their speakers or shouting at YouTube, uh, the second clue would be Nika. Nika. Ah, uh, now wait a minute. Ah! I now know the answer. She sang with the Velvet Underground. <laughs> That's the wrong answer, isn't it? That's uh, <laughs> a good one. That's a good question. Um, Matsu Takatsuri. Yes, you're abs yes, you're absolutely right. Uh, these were the Scottish distilleries, the father of Japanese whiskey, Masasata. Takatsuru worked at as an apprentice when he came here to learn about Scotch whiskey making in 1919 stroke 1920. That was the, that was the answer to the, uh, and the question to that answer. So there we go. Five out of six, eight bad chaps. Not bad, yeah, very good. Fantastic question at the end there, Gordon, to be fair. Very, and very good. Well, well done, done to Mr. Dundas for sniffing it out eventually after the clues, I think. I know. To both of you. I that for this. Well, thank you very much, Stuart Henry, sure. for joining us. And enjoy the rest of your year as a global icon. So does that mean a hate yeah. and crime fighting? I, I don't know, Gordon. What, what? Uh, it, well, I mean, I think, you know, it, it, it's he'll have an agent in a couple of weeks. <laughs> well, I mean, Stuart Henry. Thank you very much. An absolute pleasure. What a way to start my day. Cheers. Thanks. <laughs> Cheers. Thank you. Mr. Henry. Fabulous to hear from uh, Mr. Henry. Great to have him on. And uh, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's really, really um, just amazing. I think it's, for me, it's getting the balance right between education and telling people what we do and what we sell, but having fun. 
because there's usually not any, you know, that's that little balance. It sounds easy to get, but it's more difficult to achieve. Absolutely. No, absolutely. No, he's brilliant. Really, really good insights from him. And speaking of balance, that's what I was wanting to ask about balances. I am... I got myself a bottle of, not rye, which I think I was getting confused about earlier on, Gordon, yep. uh, bourbon whiskey. And bourbon. I suppose that, you know, I've had that from people sometimes think Scotch whiskey is all smoky and all American whiskey is called bourbon. And, and I thought this was a rye. It is actual a bourbon. Is that right? You know that? That is a bourbon, yes. Right, Bullet, right. Bullet is a Diageo brand. And they do a bourbon and they do a rye. The rye is in a green label. Right, right. That's that is okay. the difference. But and it's very good. Um, is it? That is a bourbon, 50% at least corn. It will have rye in it and it will have malted barley in it. I've got Mikey, some, and here we are. Just watch this, Gordon. Here we are making some cocktails with Michael. Boom. It's the moment I've been waiting for. Michael Sim, how are you? Mate, I'm great. The moment I've been waiting for as well. Finally made it onto the podcast. It's only taken however many episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. We have been we have been waiting. We're expecting you, Mr. Bond. I can't I got I got this. Uh, and I know you are our resident mixologist as well as being our man, uh, main brand ambassador for Smokehead and among other things for Ian McLeod, but you do love a good cocktail, is that not right? I do, I do, yeah. And I think it was almost kind of like the moment I turned 18, I had this like desire to work in a bar. Uh, and yeah, my love for kind of mixology and cocktails just kind of came from that. And I mean, I always tried to push myself. It's interesting. And yeah, you know I mean, it's, it's almost been like a liquid chef. Do you know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not talented. My little brother's a chef and he's an incredible chef, but I don't quite have that <laughs> temperament. I don't have that temperament to be in the back. I'm better in the front. So, yeah, that's what... Um, but yeah, no, all chefs absolutely psychotic. You're actually quite a decent guy. Thank you very much. Yeah, no, I mean, I won't tell my little brother you said that, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I, they do have this unapproachable uh, manner at times. Hello, Michael, the reason I got you on is I can't deny I've had a little practice and I thought, nah, I'm, I need to speak to the expert. I love a whiskey sour. And I thought with Easter coming up and um, hopefully folk will be listening to this in the Easter holidays, you can make it with an egg. So there's an Easter theme going on there. But could you take me through uh, a whiskey sour, explain what it is and um, and how, how best to put it together? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, a whiskey sour is one of the most easiest mixed drinks you can make with, with whiskey. It's a balance of, of whiskey um, that could be single malt, blend, grain, or um, bourbon, whatever whatever sort of whiskey you have, and then it's balancing the kind of sweetness of sugar, um, the bitterness from lemon juice, and then you've got the egg white added to that, which gives this kind of real smooth mouthfeel uh, when, when you're when you're drinking the drink. Yeah, I love it. I have to say, I, I really enjoy it. And I did the French show a couple of years ago. I have to give my shout out. The barman, who I can't remember his name, got me behind the bar and I, I tried to make one of these. I thought, I must, I must do it. So it's taken me two years to get my shaker and to get you on the podcast. So, Michael, Sim, take us away. Whiskey Sour, what are we doing? Amazing, Jimmy. I would have expected as well, just say this before we move on, I would have expected first lockdown, Gordon, for you to buy a cocktail shaker. <laughs> We're just, we're just about to come. We're just about to come out of it, and you can go back to bars and have people make your own cocktails again. I know. And you and you're purchasing purchasing a cocktail maker. But again, there's 
you, you always got to start somewhere. You do I've let myself down. I've let my family down. I've let you down. I've, 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 you know, however, we can still save this. I can, I can still save this. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what, what we're going to do. Michael, gonna I mentioned yes. to Big G, Big Gordon, that I bought some bourbon because uh, I thought it's kind of cheaper than my single malt. But listen, you're the expert. You know what I've got yeah. behind me. What do you think I should do? Yeah, well, again, like, really, it depends what... I mean, any whiskey can go into a whiskey cellar. So I'm going to use this whiskey here, which I, I, I had it opened, and it's a, it's called Mac um, by Mac Mira, uh, and yes. it's a Swedish, Swedish single malt. Um, so I'm going to use this. I mean, this is quite youthful. I think it definitely has caramel added to it because um, it does look fairly dark. Um, but it's quite a youthful whiskey, so we're going to get that kind of nice little bit of fire um, which is going to come through on the drink. And again, you'll get that with bourbon as well. Okay. So... Right, so okay, bourbon, is, bourbon. bourbon is incredible to do that with. Uh, but again, you could use anything. You could use Smokehead, you could use Glengoyne, you could use, I mean, I probably wouldn't use Tamdu, um, just because I'm, there is an element of me that's a little bit of a purist. But yeah, young, younger kind of Glengoynes um, and, and Smokehead, perfectly great for making summers. Matt, before we start, the two things I'm always worried about is um, levels, the sort of the combination of, of quantities. I've got, I've got that yes. wrong in the past. Uh, and with this drink, what's the thing that can go wrong with a whiskey sour? Uh, really the, the only thing, I mean, I'm going to teach you like the perfect quantities. So you'll right. never forget that. You'll never forget this. I've got um, my wee jigger, is that right? That is it, yep. So you'll need that. Um, as long as you follow this, you can make the perfect okay. whiskey sour. The only thing that could go wrong is, I mean, if you have a large egg and I have a medium egg, we're going to have a different different <laughs> amount of egg white. There we go. So we go. I, I mean, I've got a me, I've got a medium egg, and medium eggs are kind of perfect for for making sour because you don't get a mass amount of uh, a mass amount of white. Um, yeah. you're you're kind of say between kind of. 15 and 20 mils of, of egg white is perfect. I mean, how do you how do you measure an egg white? No, nobody knows. So, okay, so, um, so yeah. So the best place is to start with the whiskey. Easy. Okay. Double measure of whiskey into your into your shaker. Um, I've got I've got a different shaker than you. You've got like a, a tin uh, shaker, whereas I've got a Boston shaker. It's just slightly different, but uh, same 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 thing. So 50 mils or a double measure. Uh, of of whiskey into Magic. your glass. So, put that on. Then you've got 50-50 of lemon and sugar syrup. 50-50 of lemon. Is that 50 mLs? No, so 50-50 mix. So we want 25 mLs of lemon ah. juice, freshly freshly squeezed lemon juice. This is, a, this is the other thing that can go wrong. Yours is going to be a little bit more concentrated. So I would maybe add half of the amount that I'm adding. So if you add half a 25 mils, so 12 and a half mils of... This is why I've got the expert in. Of, of lemon juice. I'm using freshly squeezed. Double, obviously, it's double concentrated, so you're going to get twice the, twice the kick, and it's also going to have a lot more kind of citric acid in there as well. So, And then you need 25 mils um, of sugar, sugar syrup. Yep. It may not. Nice. And just so explain... Again, Explain, and I should say, where if you're listening to this, you can go to YouTube later on and check out Michael Sim uh, doing this in the flesh. Um, sugar syrup, just explain, easy to make? Easy to make. I mean, I've got a bottle here because I'm absolutely massively lazy. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, 
it's just fully dissolved sugar and water. So start off with 100 mils of water, add 100 grams of sugar, fully dissolve that down. The easiest to do is over the hob, just because it'll, it'll dissolve a little bit quicker. But then just keep on adding your sugar kind of uh, tablespoon by tablespoon until it's fully um, fully dissolved. And then as soon as it can't take any more sugar, boof, you're done. You've got sugar. Stuff. Yeah. Uh, if I can do it, boom, it's, it's easy. So it's yeah. good. Now, here's the other thing that can go wrong. We do not want a yolk. Oh, and We do not want a yolk in our, um, in no. our what do you call it, into our, into our cocktail. So I'm just going to break it over a glass, give it the old, the old, the old separation trick. Break it over yes. a glass. Here we go. Here we go. This is it. This is That's a compulsive viewing. <laughs> I know. Who can, who, can, who can crack the yolk first? Hopefully not me. There we go. Both have done that. I'm just going to chuck this in the bin. Yeah. So how do you get the? How do you get the? Just get the oak out, and then you've got the. So yeah. So just like it's almost tip the yolk into the shell, the other shell, and then the white will fall. Right. I now have eggy fingers as well. Sorry, I should have thought that through. But right, okay. No, 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 no. I've got the I've got the oak inside it. Yeah. <laughs> and I've tried to get it out. I've. <laughs> We're going to have to start again. I think. I'm going to have to start again. This yeah. is a disaster, folks. A disaster. So this this is the best thing to do is to do this over like a, uh, I don't know what you can call this, a tiny yeah. dish. What I've done is I've just cracked the cracked the egg over the dish, and then it's easier it's easier to resurrect. I'm not wasting any liquid. Do you mean liquid is uh, is precious, Gordon? You've got to look after the the perfect mix we just put into the. You would go wrong with the egg. Absolute disaster. So I know what I'm doing now. You know what you're doing. For so 50 mils of whiskey, 25 yep. mils of sugar, and 12.5 mils of concentrated lemon, or 25 mils of regular freshly squeezed lemon juice. Here we go. The 12 and a half. So this is a. I mean, there we go. This is egg business. This is the. Uh, but you can buy. I've seen in the shops, uh, egg white. You can buy egg white. I think you can buy it in a couple of different supermarkets, but you can also order it on Amazon um, if you're if you're looking for egg white. There's also kind of like specialist um, places you can buy it too. I mean, like uh, food suppliers and stuff like that. You can get you can get uh, egg whites. But again, if you are vegan, for example, you don't need to use egg whites. You can use chickpea water. Um, that is a, a vegan alternative to to using to using an egg white. Um, there's also kind of a foaming agent you can buy as well. It's like uh, almost like bitters that you just add a couple of drops and it gives you the same mouthfeel as an egg white. So you're, yep. is your egg white in there? Egg white's in there now. Took a while. Perfect. Perfect. Right. Now what we need to do is we need to dry shake this and then we need to shake ah. it twice. Okay. Right. So what we're doing is we're trying to, we're almost trying to kind of cook um, and aerate the egg white at the same time. So put your lid on top and give it a yep. shake. So we'll lid on top, give it a shake. It won't feel like you're doing much, but what we're doing is we're just pre-aerating the egg white. We're, getting, we're allowing the, the acid to cook the egg white too. And this is what's going to right. give you a real foamy drink when it comes to actually drinking. Oh, look. Right. So there yes, you go. That's inside, inside bit of knowledge. So you can see that already. It's so foamy. Let me need to add ice to our glass. Top ice into the glass. If you're doing this for friends, do not use your hands like I'm doing. What's um, in here? As it's as it's me drinking it, we're all good. 
And then add ice to your shaker. Yeah. And then it's time to shake that up as well. Put it back in. Yeah. So back in. And shake it for, I don't know, 15, 20 seconds until the outside is frosted. Yeah? Yeah. I'll race you. I'll race you. That is the sound there. Yeah. There That's go. just one of my favourite whiskey cocktails. I know, to be honest, you can't really go wrong with, uh, with a whiskey server. And then what we want to do is we want to strain that or double strain it into a glass. So I've, got like a, I've got a strainer here and then a sieve just because I don't like ice chippings in my drink all that much. Pour it into my glass. I used the wrong glass. I realised in my, my panic, this was my fancy glass. For... I'm just going to put this into the sink. Yeah, again, you can use any glass you want. Let's be honest. If you've got any glass in your house you can use it um, but I like the rocks glass there we go oh you see there's a whiskey sir brilliant yours looks oh, it's not very similar what do you think consistency colour wise very similar Michael Sim cheers there we go cheers cheers and it should feel kind of nice and creamy when you taste it yeah that is lovely I love a whiskey sir I think I've done not bad Michael that is Mm. So something again. Yeah, carry on. It, it's it's not something. As soon as you know the measurements, it's one of those ones that sticks in your head forever. You just know it's two parts whiskey to one part sugar and one part lemon. And it's, yeah, I, I just love medium. that. I just love that combination using the sweet and the sour. Uh, I love that combination and the heat of the whiskey coming through. Um, yeah, and when I, you I, use it, when you when you use a younger whiskey as well, or use like a bourbon, you get more of that. You get more of that kind of whiskey flavour coming through. Uh, I mean, there's so many flavours that go on in like single malts, for example. It's quite difficult once you add something like lemon juice and egg white and, and sugar to that to really kind of pick up the floral notes in it. But that saying, you can make twists on sours, for example. Jimmy, I've made a really nice blend going pear sour, for example. Oh, and that sort of kind of bring into life the pear um, essence of, of Glen Goyne 10-year-old. So... Lemon juice, you replace it with pear juice? No, so I'd still use I'd still use um, lemon juice. So the, the recipe wouldn't change except from I would add a little bit of pear cognac um, and I would add a touch of uh, pear juice as well. And the pear juice and the pear cognac is just going to really let the kind of pear um, essence kind of sing uh, through the summer as well. I love that, picking up. Usually it's like being a chef. If you can pair food with, uh, whiskey with food, why not pair it with other liquids? I mean, that's what I love about this journey that I'm very, I'm more than happy to to follow you on. <laughs> well, 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 that's that's the thing. I mean, any sort of when you when we when we kind of break down what are we trying to do when we make a cocktail, we're trying to add different flavors together to give you something that you're going to enjoy. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. that is the that is the essence of it, um, and it's just like when you're cooking, it's exactly the same except from we're liquid chefs and not food chefs. Now I sent you a list of the the, the alcohol I've got in my sauna here and you've picked up something that's not whiskey Gordon Dundas might actually his toes might be curling right now but you've <laughs> picked up something that I said I had in my uh, collection to make a cocktail with what did you pick? Yes so again apologies Gordon um, 
But as, as you'll know, I wear many hats, and one of them is uh, the beautiful bottle of banana rum that you have behind you. And again, it's connected to whiskey because Langs were um, big whiskey, um, not only distributors and um, distillers, but they own Glengoyne. So there is a lovely, yeah. they're making whiskey, but they're doing this at the same time. This is the banana rum. There is a, there is a lovely connection there. So what's, uh, the, what's, it, the, what's the chat with the banana rum and what what could you, um, and it's a really good, it's a good price. It's great value. And it sounds like this is a great, a great idea for a base base spirit. So what do you think yeah. we should do? Yeah, I mean, like just touching on that, like an incredible value for a flavoured Jamaican rum. I mean, absolutely insane value. But what we're trying to do is we're trying to kind of bring out those fun and funky vibes within the banana rum. So we've got banana. You also said that you had a bottle of control, which I can see behind you. Yes. Yeah, so Cointreau, the main flavour of Cointreau is? Orange. Orange. So bananas and oranges, we're talking tropical funk. Um, and then we've got a little bit of lime juice. And then we have... What, yep, is, the most, what is the one thing that the vast majority of people who drink rum drink it with? Hey, Coke. It's got <laughs> to be, it's gotta, it's gotta ah, be right. Coke, rum and Coke. So we're, all we're doing is we're jazzing up a rum and coke here. And this kind of, there's like three different ways to make a cocktail. Like the kind of main ways is you can shake and strain, you can build in a glass, or you can stir. So and what we're doing is we're building in a glass here. So okay. we'll start off with a glass. Right. And in the bottom of that glass, add 50 mils of banana rum. Aha, right. Okay. While you're doing that, I'm just going to drink this uh, whiskey sour. 50 mils of banana rum. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think this might be the first known whiskey in the show, but it all has the same antecedents. They all came from the same <laughs> tree, as it were, from yeah. the past. So and this, is, this, is, this is why you've this is why you've got me on. All you've done is talk about whiskey. You bring me on, and then I just shake things up and I start talking about things <laughs> like rum. That's why I love you. Uh, right, so <laughs> we're, we're building the building it up here. This is the, the so, finale of episode six. What are we doing so next? You so you have 12 and a half mils of control. So what this is going to do, this, this is going to add like an additional kind of element of sweetness to it. Uh, but you've also got those kind of nice orange tropical flavours that are going to run through this too. Yeah. And these are, these just for, if you're watching or listening, these little jiggers measurements are pretty useful when it comes to cocktails. Yeah, because know, again, like, boring, you, yeah, yeah, there's absolutely no way. I mean, if you've got a speed pourer on things, I know, for example, if I'm pouring from a speed pourer, about three seconds is 25 mils and six seconds is 50 mils. But if I just open up the bottle and pour it, like, God, who knows? I know. Who knows? The one thing you can do, here's a life hack for you, though, by the way, if you do not have a jigger in the house and you have a scale, you can put your glass on the scale and pour 25 grams is 25 mils. 50 ah. grams is 50 mils. That's fantastic. That's brilliant. There you go. There you go. There's, there's, a, there's a bit for the pinnacle of your show. Never be, never be stuck for making a cocktail again. Really? So, so in there, we've got Lang's Banana Rub. We've got 50 mils of Lang's Banana Rub. We've got 12 and a half mils of the control. So then yep. you're going to go in with 12 and a half mils of lime juice or 25 and a half mils of fresh lime juice. Okay, yeah, but the fresh so lime if juice. You've got, if you've got fresh lime juice, go in with 25 mils of fresh lime juice. Now, Wang's banana rum's quite sweet, Quantro's quite sweet, and Coke's quite sweet. So we need something to kind of counterbalance that. Cocktails are usually made up of three different ingredients. One strong ingredient, one sweet ingredient, and one sour ingredient. 
So we've got our strong ingredients here, which is our rum and our uh, orange liqueur, and then we've got our sweet ingredient, which is our Coke, and then we've got our sour ingredient, which is lime. Right. So pop your lime into there. That's it. Fresh, and then, freshly squeezed. And then fill that glass full of ice. As you say, not much left now of the old ice, but here we go. We'd prefer more, but that'll do for the purposes of the demonstrations. We've got lovely ice in there as well. Give it a swirl. And then, and then top up the coke. Pretty much. Just the glass. I've got a wee... A small diet coke for a small little man. No, that's a, that's a big coke. That's a big... That's a, that's a big... <laughs> <laughs> That's not a big cook. <laughs> there we go. Oh, so how, how, how's it looking there? If you're on YouTube, it looks very nice. So slange of art, one and all. Mm. My God. That is lovely. That's everything you've said there. Everything you've said. The banana's coming through. A little hint of the orange. Just as it's getting sweet, you get that lime coming through there. Just that little sour note, that little citrus note, just to take off the sweetness. And uh, yeah. I love the, I love fizzy drinks anyway. So the fizz of the Coke. Yeah, and I mean, if you're looking like for this, I would use something like Coke Coke Zero, just because, like, I mean, as I said, the Lions banana rum is quite sweet, and so is um, so is so is Cointreau. It does have quite a large portion of sugar in the in the in the liqueur. So yeah, something like Coke Zero or Diet Coke, bang that in there, and you're good to go. Loads of ice. Hot sunny day barbecue. Now we're talking, and that shirt, Gordon. Uh, and then we're then we're we're cooking with gas in Scotland. Yeah, we're about to finish the episode. Um, give me a couple other cocktails, maybe whiskey related that I could practice. I'm going to practice this hour because I've got a, an egg. It's cracked from my desk, and it's dripping down right now. <laughs> the yolk is, and I'm doing a tasting in a couple of hours, so I've got some work to do. But other <laughs> other other whiskey cocktails, I could maybe start to practice and maybe come back to you and see if I've done them properly. So if we're talking a stirred down drink, old fashions are like probably the easiest, if not most well-known whiskey cocktail around the world. Um, and then you've got something like a highball as well, which is a built in the glass. Yeah. So you've got built in the glass, you've got a shake and strain, which is your whiskey sour. And then you've got a stirred down drink, which is an old fashioned. And there's your three, standard uh, whiskey cocktails that you can you can use at home or use right. at home make it home I'll get back to you Michael Sim thank you very much for joining us on Whiskey Unscripted cheers thank you awesome cheers it's good isn't it it's great That's, fabulous, it's just fabulous. having good fun with, with what you've got in your cupboard and, Absolutely. and these whiskey sours um, you can, that's the base variations in a the theme if you like your smoky yeah. whiskey or different type, yeah great absolutely so, that was fabulous fabulous well, I'm almost finished myself. Thank you so much for joining us. It's Thank you. Well done. And yeah, congratulations brilliant. to you and Stuart Henry for, I would say, completing the challenge. <laughs> I like that feature, though. I think you and I need to play that feature again. I'm going to come up with some answers and see if you can guess the question. So that is our new game. I think it's the new game. And I can't wait when we're out and about um, doing whiskey shows. That's a great thing to get a big crowd of people to have them all conferring what's the best what's the best question to that answer so Fantastic. well done to you well done to Michael Sim as well and yeah. Gordon Das thank you Bye -bye. cheers Slanjava on the whiskey trail